Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. We both recently co-authored the top selling book, Heels to Deals, How Women Are Dominating in B2B Sales, which was published on International Women's Day, March the 8th, 2020. So welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Jennifer Ives. Thank you so much for having me, Janice. This is such an honor. It's great to see you again. We were just talking off camera how the last time was we were both in Boston, kicking up our heels for the launch of Heels to Deals. We're both co-authors in the book and the book has done really well. So it's absolutely fantastic to actually talk to you rather than, you know, all the other co-authors of the book and find out more more about you but I'm really interested in your background you started in as an engineer I think is that correct and then moved into sales leadership so talk, tell me very much about that path sure so I did I started out as a geospatial engineer I was on the engineering team at a very fast-growing technology company and a couple of years into my my time there our CEO was going to a meeting with one of our clients and I was working on that project and he said, could you come with us? You know, could you come with the team to talk with the client about some miscommunication we're having? And I said, sure. This is the day and age before they had sales architects and sales engineers and technical sales leads who, you know, would go and help either current clients or potential clients. And so I had this moment where I was able to, for a whole hour, sit with our client, ask them about their strategy, ask them all these incredibly rich and curious questions that not only helped me do my job better as an engineer working on their project, but it introduced me to the business side of, of the company. And to be honest, I come from a family of teachers and engineers. So going into the business side of anything was just not on my radar. It was really engineering, creating those digital products, delivering amazing technical services or products to our clients. And in that moment, not only did I get to ask all these questions and find out all this rich information that, by the way, helped us make a better project for our client, but it it helped me realize that there's this entire side of the business, right? The revenue generation, working with customers, working with clients, working with potential customers and clients to help introduce or reintroduce the services or the product of that technology company. And I always liken it to if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, you know, does it really make a sound? It's the same with amazing technology companies, services companies and the like, is that if the market doesn't know you're there, it doesn't matter how amazing your project uh, product is or your service, your technical services. If no one knows you're there, it doesn't matter. So I became very interested in customer experience, in sales, in marketing of brands, of companies, the product market fit, and kind of all the, the revenue generation side of a company. And, and that's, and then I started moving over into, into that, that, that world with technology companies. I think it's really interesting what you say if no one knows you're there. There's a fine balance, isn't there, between people knowing that you're there, but also the other side is that many of these sales technologies 
are so difficult to integrate. <laughs> Their onboarding is not great and the user experience isn't amazing. And so you really don't want the customer to know you're there when you're in, in with the customer. It needs to be simple and easy. And there are a lot of SaaS companies in particular that are not great at that bit of it. So what's your view? The simple and easy in terms of integrating into a company or in terms of making sure that the brand and that that those buyers know that you're in the market? Well, yeah, you really want to be loud and proud that buyers know that you're in the market. But once you sell it into the company, it needs to be seamless, easy, the user experience. And that's the bit that, that a lot of SaaS organizations don't always get right. It becomes now you're giving me all these problems that you were supposed to solve. Um, so yeah, what's your view? Oh my gosh, uh, first off, customer experience is king. <laughs> and it starts before <laughs> they've even signed anything with you, before they've fully called you and, and, and asked you. They're already 80% of the way down the pike when they discover you or when they, I'm sorry, when they make that first call. So there's all this digital piece and digital branding and, and all the research that's going on. But it's the before, during, and after. The customer experience piece has to pull all the way through. And again, it's the first time that before is the first time they know of your brand. The during that you just mentioned the onboarding, the, the routine checking in with your clients. How is it going? How is the, pro, you know, the, the platform working? Are you having any challenges? What can we do to make this easy? Oh, there's a new idea that you have in order to, you know, as a result of using this platform, let us help you with that. Constant curiosity, constant checking in with your clients and your customers. And then, you know, again, throughout, I mean, all the way until, um, maybe they've graduated from your product or they move on to another product in your product line, but that entire life cycle, the before, during, and after, and it's the during that is, again, customer experience is king. It is, it is, it is why companies research shows over and over again. It is why, uh, I'm sorry, why clients stay with a particular company, whether it's a service or it's a platform, a SaaS company. I would, I would actually say both, right? So you mentioned SaaS companies and SaaS platforms, services as well. If you're providing a service, you want to be sure that that service, whether it's a platform or an actual service is, is making a difference, a positive difference in the lives of your customers. So uh, talking about uh, customer experience, what do what are organizations really failing at in with regards to customer experience? It's the during, <laughs> you know, that when we talk about the before, during and after, it's the during the customer experiences end to end and many times. And this is where sales sometimes gets a bad name is that a sales executive will help with the before they will help with the signature and then it's up to that company, again, whether it's a services company or it's a platform, a SaaS company, to continue to check in and help their customers, their clients with that platform or with that service. I don't know that you can check in with your client often enough. And that's really the piece where companies tend to fail or tend to not flex as much customer experience muscle as they should. And that's how customers rotate out of your service or out of your platform. They're not happy with the experience that they are receiving during their time with you. Do you think that the one reason for this is that there's such a focus in sales on net new logos, on the acquisition, and not enough focus on the retention and the acceleration of what the product can do for the customer? 
Yes, yes. I think that is starting to change over the last five to six years. There is much more emphasis. There needs to be more, by the way, so it's all relative, but there is much more emphasis on the retention of customers because it is very, very expensive to go out and find those new customers. Make sure that the customers you have who are working with you currently, again, whether you're a services or a SaaS company, make sure they're happy, make sure they're growing, make sure they're leveraging your product or your service in the best possible way so that they're succeeding. And yes, there is a huge focus on companies, especially as they are growing quickly, especially as they receive either VC or private equity investment on net new logos. There has to be focus on continuing to retain, right? The retention of your clients, the growth of your clients. Again, research shows time and time again, the two and three and five X return that continuing to serve your clients can bring to the company, right? The profit that it can bring to the company and the profit that it can bring to your customers and your clients. It's interesting that, you know, the CAC, the cost of acquisition of customers, these, I know that you're a data nerd. So like, these are the things that people talk about, but actually really embedding that into the, the culture, where is the value? What is the outcome to come while maintaining more of what we acquire and looking at, you know, like the churn rates and, and all of that. What do you do when you go in, you're, you're working with an organization? What would be your starting point? Oh my gosh. In terms of looking at data and you, yeah, you know that I, that I love to look at data whenever it comes to sales. I'm, I'm constantly looking at the data. I'm constantly looking at the life cycle of, of, you know, how long a sale takes, how long a client is generally with us and in that piece. And so I go through first, first and foremost, I go through the data to make sure that the data is telling the real story. Data for data's sake isn't very helpful. It's okay to say some of this data isn't helpful. Let's take it out of the uh, out of your out of your system. Let's not be counting this. Let's let, data is not good or bad. It just it tells the story of where you are. So that's the first thing I do with with companies that I'm part of or that I'm advising. I, we start to look at the data and make sure that it's telling the correct story. What is really going on? Just the black and the white of it. Again, how long does it take to, you know, from beginning to end to acquire a new client? How long are clients staying with you? What that total cost of acquisition, right? That total and bake it all in, not just how much the sales executives cost and, and their, their salary, but all of it. How much does marketing get pulled into that? All of these bits and pieces of, of, of costs that are really important to really understand that total acquisition cost so that you can start making some really profound decisions when it comes to your business. And again, whether you're serving and, and, and your company is serving small, medium or enterprise size clients, these are the things that as a sales executive and someone leading the, the revenue growth or the, the commercial growth of a company, I always go in and start to look at data right away. Yeah. Yeah. So you um, talk about sellers talking to, talking at their customer base and not talking with them or truly approaching their potential customer and perspectives using their perspectives. So explain more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So generally speaking, generally speaking, <laughs> sellers don't generally take the time to understand or solve for the actual pain points of 
of their customers. You mentioned the kind of the talking at the customers. I find that historically to be very true that people are talking there. They're so excited about their particular solution, whether it's a platform or service, they're so excited about it that they tend to just talk, 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 talk. They're not taking a moment to really understand the pain points of the customer to understand and, and walk a mile in their shoes, so to speak, to be curious, ask open-ended questions, really understand where they are in that moment. Okay. Maybe they do. It'd be wonderful if every customer or potential customer really understood your service, really understood everything about your platform. They probably don't, but that's not where you want to start. You want to start understanding where they are. Again, what are their pain points? You will find out some really interesting information that can help you make sure that your service and or your platform is appropriate to solution for their pain points. And by the way, their pain points might not be technologically speaking, right? It might not be the service. It could be related to the service and the product that you have in hand. And, and I should say the, the and piece, it could be that they need to speak with that, right? They need to bring in a committee. They've got to have other people in the company. Maybe they're lacking budget for the solution they know they need. All of these things can be discovered quite honestly, during the discovery phase. But sellers have to slow down. They need to ask good questions. They need to understand the real pain point of that particular customer and those that they're serving. It really is a serving moment. How can I help you? What are your pain points? Knowing some of it in your mind because you understand your customer, but asking these questions, some really good open-ended questions. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to kind of verify is my understanding of this situation correct and, and get that very fit? Oh, that's such a good question, right? Mm. Repeating back, do, did yeah. I hear this correctly? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and the research that you've already done prior to have that meeting because you feel, feel there's an opportunity of value add, then yes. um, not assuming that you are right. You're not always right, really. So I'd really love to ask you a bit more about diversity in sales. Obviously, you, you're highly awarded... But to be a woman in sales, coming from engineering, no less, there may have been quite a few challenges that you've had to face being a woman in sales. So we both are very passionate about um, increasing the diversity in sales uh, and coming from our own personal experience. What do you think has progressed? What do you think still needs to be done, if anything? What's your experience? We are making progress. I wish it were faster. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot of research shows that diversity across the board in business and in sales, so we're talking about sales today, diversity in sales really does drive more revenue. It drives more success for companies. And again, we're getting there, but not as quickly as I would like. And one of the things that that we are doing well, and some companies are doing, they're more aware of it and doing it better than others. And again, the research shows. So, so some of these leaders now are understanding that these diverse teams do really good work and they're driving revenue. Plain and simple, be aware right? Understand that unconscious bias exists. Understand that when you are hiring, you've got to ensure that you're interviewing a large swath of candidates from varying backgrounds and experiences. And like, 
you you recently wrote about it, right? You had an excellent post uh, just last August, so just a few months ago, that highlighted some really powerful research on this topic. And so I'm going to mention a couple of them because they're I, I would I would highlight for your listeners and your followers to to take a look at that August post that that you wrote, and then also just a study by. Harvard Business Review found that a team with a member who shares a client's ethnicity is 152% more likely to understand that client than another team or team member. And one other, right, in 2017, the BCG study found that diversity in the workplace was a significant driver of innovation, producing 19%, 19% more revenue than non-diverse teams. So again, that, that research shows that diversity is really important. And I believe, as I mentioned, that it, it begins with the hiring and understanding some unconscious bias that might be living within you and living within leaders that when they go to hire, they've got to start talking with their hiring and their recruiting teams about diversity and also writing uh, writing job descriptions a little bit differently to be more open and inclusive and um, share some excitement around that role that could talk to a diverse set of potential candidates to apply for that role. So perhaps share some of your experiences of climbing the sales ladder. Maybe, you know, I don't know if there's been any negative experiences, but, you know, like balancing that out with positive. What's what's what have you experienced? Jennifer. You know, I have, I, I've not, I've had a, some not great experiences. Um, there's been some quite, quite a bit over the years of sexual harassment that was, you know, at the workplace and or with clients. Um, that is real and it is uncomfortable. I didn't really know who to talk with about that over the years. Um, I've also had some incredible mentors and leaders, directors that I rolled to who were were men and who were also really wonderful points of light in my career and helped me see things about me and in me that I didn't see. And I try to be very, very aware of my teams because I have experienced some unfortunate situations. I mean, the softest unfortunate situation that I'll share today is routinely, not just once or twice, but routinely in my career, especially the first 15 years of my career when I was, I was younger, I would call the meeting, right? It was my meeting and someone, people would, would enter the meeting and assume that I was the assistant and ask me for coffee, ask me to go get coffee. And I was like, wait a second, this is my meeting. <laughs> I, I know this is the first time we're meeting, but I, you know, it, that happened on a number of occasions. And so I would handle it in a very, you know, I, I think that um, handling these situations with, with a light touch is probably the best way, especially when you're working with clients or new clients and others. So I would usually make a joke about it and say, I'm happy, you know, just something like I'm happy to get coffee for everyone. This is my meeting. So when I come back, let's, let's sit down and get going or something like that. But that's probably the softest, the least shocking. If that were the worst day of, of, of my <laughs> professional career, that would be a good thing. That, that was not the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, when I when also... you were talking, I was thinking, you know, the queen invites you to the palace, you know, would you ask the palace to make you, a, uh, the queen to make you a cup of tea? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, happens. it happens. And by the way, I don't mind 
behind making coffee or tea or showing people where that is. But I could tell repeatedly, you know, over, over the yeah. years when that would happen, it was, it was um, not because I, they thought I was just being helpful or they thought I was kind and generous. It was, they did not know that it was my meeting or, and, and that also shows a lot about someone, how they treat someone in that moment. They may think is an assistant or a supporting that meeting and not leading the meeting. So it, it actually, maybe they were giving me a gift. I was able to see up front and, you know, up close and personal a little bit more about the person I was just, or the, or the group I was just about to have a meeting with. I think that's a really interesting point. And I think it's so important that you should treat whoever you, whatever levels, but you should treat everybody, whatever their level in exactly the same way. Cause you have no idea who is looking, who's aware of those things, how important those things are. And you just have, should have it in your, your heart. And I do make an effort to speak to everybody whether they're opening the door and having you know a laugh and a joke with them even you know up to c c level ceo and i think it's important for us all to have humility and to remember that you have no idea who's related to who who's got the ear of who are but nevertheless just from human nature these things are really important I couldn't agree more. We are all human beings and I am known with companies that I lead and, and people that I work with, I am known to routinely ask assistants, those who are at the front desk and others who have a first moment, either with a, someone that I'm interviewing potentially to join our, you know, the team uh, with a new client who comes in. I, I very much want to know how that person, that team treats every single person that they, that they have interactions with. It is critical. We are all human beings. We are all deserving of respect and to look someone in the eye and say, hello, how was your day and carry on with, with, you know, your next steps. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So Jennifer, if you're on a desert island on your own, what would be the one thing you would take with you? Oh my gosh, I love this question. Okay, so I'm super practical and I, I'd probably want to say like, well, I need, I need fire. I also need something sharp to, to whittle, to hunt. So I think I'd go with a Swiss army knife. You've got like 16. Well, it depends on which Swiss army knife you have, but I'm going with a Swiss army knife. I'm super practical. I wouldn't expect any less from an engineering mind, really. <laughs> That's a great, great point. <laughs> I'm not surprised uh, at all. So Jennifer, how can listeners get hold of you? Oh, please feel free to follow me on LinkedIn at Jennifer Ives. I think my my LinkedIn, uh, it's Jennifer Ives one, but please feel free to find me at Jennifer Ives on LinkedIn. It's where I am most active, especially from a professional perspective. And I, I love engaging with, with current followers and current connections. And I always love making new friends. So, so they can find me there. Your, your listeners can find me there. I'll put everything in the show notes. So thank Great. you so thank much, you. Jennifer, for being a guest, my guest on Scale Your Sales podcast. Thank you so much, Janice. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes.
I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.